Well, I got a message I want to share with you, hot off the press, so um, get your Bibles out. I believe it's a liberating message tonight, but you got to grab hold of it by the Spirit. Don't just hear it with your head tonight, grab it with your heart. Go to the book of Hebrews chapter 1, I mean Hebrews chapter 11. Now the other night I had a dream, and the, the Lord was speaking to me in this dream, and and uh, there's no doubt it was God. There's no way I could have eaten pizza or whatever to come up with a dream like this. But um, see, that, turn that fan off for me, please. And so um, anyway, in this dream, and it's kind of hard to explain, but uh, I, I'm going to take a shot at it. In this dream, the way the way it, the way the Lord set it up for me was simply like this, and I'll just ask y'all this question: If you did something really wrong, I mean, did something wrong, you knew it was wrong. Uh, let's take something really ugly, like you took help the ushers take up the offering, and and while you were carrying the offering bucket back, you stuck up, you stole a hundred dollars out of there. I mean, that'd be pretty bad, right? I mean, you can get worse than this, but I'm just trying to use this example. Right, so you steal a hundred dollars out of there, and so you should be if you're saved. Even in the moment of temptation, you did it. You should feel bad about that. It, it something on the inside of you should tell you at that moment what you did was wrong. Right? We call it conviction, but let me. I'm going to use a little different phrase tonight. At that moment, you 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 took it out. Something on the inside of you caused you and we said well it was the holy spirit oh but hold on something that on the inside of your belief system told you that was wrong i remember when i was we were young and crazy i don't know why i don't know what happened i don't know why this this came about but uh we were out running around one night and somebody in my group said let's go break into the church and i don't know why they wanted to do that but I was as rambunctious as anybody. But when, it, when they said that, and I threw down, I was ready to fight all of my friends. I said, if you dare touch the doors of that church, you know, I'll fight you right here. I mean, something on the inside of me said, oh, that's just the most, that's the worst thing you could do. Now, I might have run over mailboxes. I might have done anything else in the world. But that moment when he said break into the church, I was like, what? Okay, it's something inside of me told me it was wrong right? How did I get that? You know? How did I know, even as a young boy, without being saved, how did I know it, was, it would be wrong to steal, right? Because my parents put it in me. My parents taught me that from what I was surrounding, my surroundings, whatever. I developed a faith that said to steal would be wrong, so in the dream, the Lord showed me this scene, and in, in the scene, I did something wrong, and I was like, oh, Lord, oh, how could I, this can't happen, why, 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 why did I do this? And he started to explain this to me. He said, it's your faith that tells you that's wrong. I'm not taking away conviction of the Holy Spirit or anything, I'm just trying to say, there's something already down on the inside of me that said that's wrong, Okay. So he said, well, then why don't you take the things that you know that I say to you in my word 
and have them so rooted in your heart that whenever you think a negative thought or whenever you say something wrong out of your mouth, there is the same conviction because that faith is still in your heart. Are you following what I'm saying? In other words, to steal $100, you say, oh my God, you stole $100? It's horrible. From the church offering. No, you said, well, you don't think you're going to make it, and I guess we're all going to die. You said, I don't think, I don't know how God's ever going to make this work. I don't know if we're ever going to succeed. I guess I'm going to be sick all my life. I guess nothing's ever going to change. I guess this is where we're going to live. And you're not convicted about that? It's because you don't have faith in your heart. You've allowed the, you've allowed the things of this world to come in and become more real than the truth of God's word. I'm telling you, when we get to heaven, it says in Revelations that there'll be no more weeping. I believe there's going to be some weeping when we get to heaven because we are going to see everything as is, and we're going to think, oh, my gosh, why didn't I believe? I'm so sorry, Father, I did not trust you more. I'm so sorry that I wasn't standing here more believing in my salvation, believing in what you said. Oh, my, 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 look how big those angels are. Oh, oh, oh. look at those streets of gold. Look at all that you had here for me. Oh, my God, I believe there's going to be a moment of weeping. And then there'll be no more tears. So in this dream, when I, when I rose up out of the dream, and, 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 and I started just thinking to myself, wow, this is what faith really is. It's what truly then on the inside of my heart, I believe so much that I cannot be like, like let's just say y'all all got together. All of y'all got together. You went over there, you had a big power, you came back and you tried to convince me that it was okay to steal all the church offering. I mean, y'all came up with some good reasonings. I wouldn't listen to you. I wouldn't hear it. I would say you're wrong. It doesn't make any difference. You cannot take that money. Are y'all with me? You wouldn't change my mind. All of you, the best arguments you could come up with, you could not talk me out of. It's okay to steal from the offering. But we'll let the devil come up and begin to plot his lie that you're not going to succeed. You're not going to walk in victory. You're never going to be blessed. You're always going to be sick. And we'll let him come up and talk us right out of what we know what the truth of God's word says. So the good news of this message is I'm going to show you about faith. And I want to tell you what the Word says about faith, which is a faith message y'all have heard forever. But I want to tell it to you tonight in a different, different light because what I'm trying to say to you is this is what we have to hang on to. It's not some fairy tale. It's got to get down into our heart that truly when we lay hands on the sick, they get well. Do you realize the difference in thinking that if I lay hands on a sick person and I get through praying, amen, and then we say, are you still sick? Then I'm looking for a magic show. Remember, let's go back to the stealing the, the money. You're trying to convince me that stealing the money is okay. I see you steal the money. I see you take the money out of the collection plate. And I say, well, you know. No, I said, what are you doing? You're a thief. Put it back. Right? Are y'all telling me in here tonight that if you saw somebody stealing money out of the plate, you wouldn't stop them? Every one of you would. You said, what, what are you doing? Oh, I was just making change. 
<laughs> I didn't want to do 100. I just wanted to do, you know, 35, and I was just making changes all I was doing. See, every one of you say, no, stop, that's wrong. But then when the enemy tries to steal stuff from us that we know the word says is ours, we get into this debate. And we debate all this stuff in our head, and we look at the, listen to the voice of reason, and we start debating all this stuff. And so we're saying, no, that's not what the word of God says. Said if I lay hands on the sick, they get well. You have to be well. Because I laid hands on you in faith, you have to be well. The person said, well, I don't know that I am well. Well, that's your problem. But on my end of the deal, I laid hands on you. It says if I lay hands on the sick, they'll get well. That's what the word says. You have to be well. You see, the intensity of faith coming from our heart on some things is strong, but on other things is weak. So it says Hebrews 11.1, 1, Scripture you all know, should know by heart, faith is a substance of things hoped for. Faith is a substance. When you look up the word substance, it means a setting or placing under, things put under, a substructure, a foundation, that which has foundation and is firm. So faith is the foundation, the, the, the settled in the ground, stuck in the ground foundation that's not going to move of hope. It says it's a substance. It's real. It's of substantial quality. A steadfastness of mind, a firmness, a courage, a resolution, confidence, firm trust, and assurance. That's what substance means. In other words, it's, it's the essence of you. But what we do is we will not budge on some issues. And see, what I'm using tonight is I'm using issues of sin that we will not budge on. No, that's sin. Stealing's wrong. I saw where in Texas now that schools, uh, classrooms now can put the Ten Commandments up. Okay? So uh, the Ten Commandments, this is use them. Thou shalt not steal, shall not kill, shall not bear false witness. Well, there's one, false witness. What do you mean bear false witness? Well, you know, sometimes we lie a little bit here and there. and whatever. See, some things we've compromised. Some areas of our life we have compromised, and some areas of our life we have not compromised. But we're looking at these areas of sin, and I'm saying, why aren't we looking at them as the areas of faith and assurance and trust in God's Word? Why, when Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, will we allow death to come on us? I mean, because I got slapped by this. I'm like, you know, you're right. You're exactly 100% right. I woke up and sat down in bed and said, you're right. You're 100% right. There's areas of my life that will not be compromised because I believe there's sin. But then, again, there's areas of my life, I'm not counting it as sin, that I will compromise and let the devil talk me out of my happiness or my joy or my blessing or my peace. And that's wrong. We should have faith that is so rooted, so grounded, so stuck in our lives that it, it is the same. And we tell the devil, no. The devil tempts you to go steal. You say, I'm not going to steal. No matter how bad off I am, I'm not going to steal. Commit adultery. I said, oh, wrong. Take another man's wife. She says, no, Bob's all through there talking about that. Don't do that. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? We said, No. Why? It's the faith on the inside of you rising up. It's firm. It's founded. It's part of your, your, your steadfastness that's on the inside of you that's firmly rooted to the ground. You will not budge off of it. What are y'all going to do? 
if I they legalize marijuana in, in Texas and I want to go start having communion and we want to smoke pot. And I was going to say, if I just got it out there and said, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to serve pot. We're going to smoke pot. That's what we're going to do. We have pot church. Y'all be saying, Pastor, what are you talking about? I, I get out there and say, oh, well, the Bible says all, God gave all the herbs, all the herbs. It's an herb. He gave it all for us all. It's all good. We just take this stuff. Bless it. We're going to have communion, man. You're going to see visions and signs like you've never seen before. Some may change their beliefs. Others say, oh, it's ridiculous, and leave church. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I'm being funny about the pot deal, but the truth of the matter is there's some things you're not, you are not, it's rooted and ground the inside. You're not going to do it. That's how we have to be with the truth of what God's word says. When he says abundance is ours, you have to say, well, I'm standing for abundance. I'm firmly rooted and grounded in them. That's where I, that's only, that's, I cannot, I cannot, Lack. I am the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. No matter what it looks like, no matter what's coming, I'm going to prosper. It operates the same. It's your faith. Okay? Now, let's go to another scripture, John chapter 8. And let's just look at it in this new light. Let's just look at it here about how we're going to apply this. John 8, 31. And Jesus said to those Jews who believed, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That word abide, it means to remain, abide. In reference to place, it means, it means a place, it means to sojourn, it means to tarry, it means not to depart, to continue to be present. To be held, to be kept continually. In reference to time, it means to continue to be. It's not tomorrow, it's not yesterday, it's continuing to be. Not to perish, to last, to endure. Of persons, it means to live and to survive. In reference to state of condition, it means to remain as one, not to become another. To remain as one and not to become another. Or different. To wait for. To wait one. So, that pretty much means that we're to stay continuously in the Word. If it's really going to become a part of the foundation of our life, right? So, I like this. I went and looked up Webster's. To just see what is what is continuously what does Webster's give us a de definition of continuously? What does that mean? And it says continuous in a manner. <laughs> Always love how they do that. Who thinks those things up? What does continuously mean? To continue in a manner. Continuously, okay. But it means without interruption. It means always. So that's why he translated, if you abide in my word, if you live in my word, if you stay in my word, you're continuing in my word, my word, my truth is coming into you at all time. It will eventually get founded down inside your heart as a foundation stone, the same as you believe that to still is wrong. Now think about this. If you were raised by parents that did not teach you stealing is wrong, and if you stole something, they come home, where'd you get that? He said, oh, I took it from that little boy down the street. And he said, well, good, good for you, boy. You're showing him who's the boss. 
You just go out there and just do it all you want to. Well, then eventually within that child, he would think, well, stealing, there's no problem with stealing. And he would be raised up saying, I don't know. There's no wrong, nobody ever told me there's anything wrong with stealing. I steal. No big deal. As long as I can beat the man. As long as nobody's stealing from me. I stole it from him. You see, it, would be, it wouldn't be in his heart. But we got raised and we got taught, well, stealing's wrong. So it got put out as a foundation stone in our life and said, this is the way it should be. We should not steal. Am I right? So it's in you. You say, that's wrong. I don't want to steal. I don't want to cheat on my taxes. I don't want to cheat anybody. I want my, now listen, I want every deduction I can get. Hello? God gave me wisdom and they made laws. I want every deduction I can get, but I don't want to cheat anybody. I don't want to steal. I don't want to be a thief. So I don't want to not walk in abundance because my Jesus bled and died for me to walk in abundance. When you abide in the word and the truth, you just keep going over and 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 getting it down on the inside of you. See, folks, you're beat down every day by the world and the ways of the world or what the world says. And if you don't have that counteracted with abiding in the word, well, then what's going to happen is you're going to have this mixture of a, of a you know, certain amount of water and a certain amount of, uh, of word. It's going to water it down. And it's there all the time. Every one of us go through arguments within our minds on a daily basis of what the enemy says and what we know God's word says. Am I right? They come to us, thoughts come to us, trying to argue the fact that we shouldn't be able to walk in that blessing or God's not in this or something goes wrong. I'll tell you all a funny one. I was digging a water line, and I knew pretty close where the water line was. Chris is there. He's watching me. And so I, I knew right pretty much with the water line. I was within six inches, I knew where the water line was. And so I'm digging this water line. I'm on the excavator and I'm digging it because I don't want to get the grubbing hoe out because I know it's deep and I don't want to dig. And so I'm praying while I'm digging. Okay, come on, Holy Ghost, just guide my hands. Guide my hands. Just let me dig this thing. Just, just perfect, just perfect. So I dug down, dug down, dug down, couldn't find it. Dug, 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 dug. Couldn't find it. Finally, I was mad. I said, I dig, I break thing. I just got to find thing. Can't keep trying to dig. Couldn't find it. I said, well, maybe I'm off a little bit. So I moved over just a little bit and, and scooped the bucket and looked. Didn't see anything. Scoop a little bit more of the bucket. And I said, Lord, I need to find that 90. That right where there's a 90 right there. I know it's right there somewhere. I need to find that 90. And I took one more scoop. And you could not have, if, I, if you would have been guiding my hand, I could not have more put the point of the bucket right in the 90, and when I pulled back, just busted it all to pieces. And my first thought was, is, <clears throat> well, so much for me praying, and <laughs> I wasn't going to find it. You know, I was going to not break it. And then it just came to me and said, you know what, there was a man, I found it. You see what I'm saying? I found it. I was praying to find it, and I found it. But a lot of times then we turn that around and say, oh, God, if you were with me, it should, I shouldn't have broke it. I, if you were with me, Lord, it should have just been out perfect. Y'all were all waiting for me to give you the testimony of how to scoop the bucket just right off there. And there it was. And I went down there and said, yes, that's what y'all were waiting for. Because, see, we think everything in life should go right according to us. We think everything in life should line up exactly according to the way that we think it should go. And when it doesn't go exactly according to the way it should go, well, then what happens to us is we think God's not with us. And then the devil comes in 
And he says, see, you're a sinner. And you've done wrong. And because you're a sinner, God's not with you. And he's not going to bless you. And you've done something wrong. And we say, gosh, what did I do wrong, Lord? I'm so sorry I did something wrong. There must be something I did wrong because things aren't going exactly the way I planned it. So I just have a question for you. So where did you get all of this wisdom? Where, where, where did you get all of this, this infinite knowledge from the beginnings of the worlds when they were made, when the primal dust was just on the earth, and when there was earth was without form or void? Where did you get all this wisdom to know that you know exactly how everything should be for your life? I don't know, last time I checked, though, according to Colossians 1, 21-22, it says that I'm holy and unblameable, and unreprovable in the sight of God because of what the blood of Jesus did for me. So though I may not do everything right, my stance towards heaven is that I'm righteous. So then things that, if you start listening to that, it blows the devil out of the water because I couldn't have done something wrong because I've already done something right, making Jesus Christ the Lord of my life, so therefore his blood's over my body, so therefore I'm righteous before God. So it couldn't be that fact. I, I would go and lean more towards the fact that we live in a fallen world. Look, if I would have been so lazy and got out there and dug that line with a shovel, I wouldn't have broke it. That's the truth. Truth of the matter is if I'd have got my shovel, well, I guess you still could break it with a shovel or grabbing hoe, but the odds would be a whole lot better for me had I got out there and dug, but I didn't want to. And if you just boil it right down to it, it's easier for me to just buy the couplings and, and fix my line than it would have been for me to go through digging the line. So it doesn't really make any difference to me because I just I found a water line and I'm going to fix it. You follow me? Because if I'd have got out there, and I might have strained my neck. Wouldn't take, doesn't take too much nowadays to strain something. And when you have a shovel and a grubbing hoe, you know, you can strain something when you're my age. Doesn't take too much. What if I'd have knocked my back out? Yeah. You were over there well, and you weren't even messing with me. Do you follow what I'm saying, church? We try to arrange all the stuff that everything has to go according to this plan, that it has to be just this perfect plan, and when it lines up, oh, God was with us. But wait a minute, I thought God was with us all the time anyway. And our faith should be crying out, man, I'm blessed today. God is with me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. I walk in abundance. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. But what we, then do we do? We look at our situations and our circumstances. Oh, look, poor me. It looks so bad. It doesn't look good. And we let the devil steal the faith right out of our hearts. <coughs> but when we get to that place that we know it's just like stealing and our faith is there, then I want to tell you something, folks. You will not be stopped. Let me give you another scripture, Philippians 4, 6. Another scripture you probably all could quote to me. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. What is he guarding? Your hearts and your minds. He's guarding your hearts and your minds. Why is he guarding your hearts and your minds? Because what goes in your head is what's going to deceive your heart, which is going to take you out of the foundations of what you believe. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, 
whatsoever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And the things that you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So why are we listening to the enemy? Why are we letting him present his case to us? Why are we listening to the garbage that he says and running it over in our minds and worrying and letting him get us into a fearful place? Why aren't we standing up and saying, oh my God, that's sin. I'm not going to think that. The, the devil never comes to me and says, Robert, just go find you an easy liquor store and knock it over and steal. I, I, I've never been tempted with you know, doing something like that. He does not come to me and talk to me like that. Just rob a bank. You don't have to believe God and ask for offerings. Just rob a bank. It does not happen. It does not come to me. Right? But what it does come to you is the things that the devil trying to talk you out of, the promises that are yours. And he's good at it. He's a master at it. But it's time for us to rise up as the children of God. Wednesday night, church-going, faith-filled people. And rise up and say, no, I won't take that thought because that would be sin because my God says he's going to give me abundance and abundance is mine. And I don't know how you're going to work it out, God, but you're going to work it out because I can't be anything but blessed. Folks, the day you got saved, the day you made Jesus Christ the Lord and saved your life, the day he came into you, that day you were blessed. And it's time for us to stand up and walk in it and take thoughts that are good thoughts, thoughts that are praiseworthy thoughts, thoughts that are noble thoughts, thoughts that are lovely thoughts. The things that we've learned and the things that we've received. Think on those. Now, I want to show you a scripture. I want to close with this, but I'm going to show you a scripture with this. Go to uh, Romans 8, 28. Here's a scripture that I really believe the devil has twisted into the hearts of Christians so much. And this is the way I was always taught, and I've heard so many people say Romans 8, 28 says. God is going to help you have patience through the yucky things that are happening in your life. God is going to give you the grace to endure the hardships that he's putting upon you in life that he wants you to walk through. That's the kind of garbage that gets taught off this scripture. But let me read this scripture to you from the Young's Literal Translation, which Young's Literal Translation took this translation directly from the Greek, and translated it. And this is what it would say. And we have known that to those loving God, all things do work together for good. Now, does anything in what I just said to you say anything about trying to have a smile on your face while you're enduring hardship? What it says to you is that no matter what's happening in this fallen world we live in, God's going to work everything out for your good. That's what it says. The scripture literally says God's working on your behalf to make everything work out good. So you went out and your tire was flat. God didn't want you to have a flat tire. You live in a fallen world. You ran over a nail. So now you're going to be late for your appointment. Well, he's working for good to make that work out that you are late for your appointment. It doesn't have to be, oh, God caused me to run over a nail so my tire was flat because I'd probably died in a car wreck when I went down the road at that moment. Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't make any difference. He's just working out your good. Isn't it amazing to wake up every day and to think, 
Man, today, God has got nothing but good for me. Today that I'm waking up and I'm going out into the world, God has good for me. You say, well, Pastor, you just don't know how hard everything is in life. I can tell you what you've been thinking on. You have not been thinking on the good things of life. You've not been thinking on the positive things of life. You've not been thinking on things that are noble and trustworthy and praiseworthy and all those kind of things. It's not what you've been thinking about because what you've been thinking about is starting to come out your mouth because now it's beginning to be a heart of your foundation of life. I, listen, I love comfort as much as anybody. I don't want to walk through hardships. I don't like to walk through hardships. I would love to live in, you know, candy land where everything was perfect and sweet and nice all the time. When, when problems arise, I don't say, oh, great, this is a great time for me to stretch and exercise my faith on this. But if you start changing the way of thinking and you start to look at saying, well, you know, God, you're just, today you're working all the good for me. Not this problem came upon me so God could work good out of it. No, God's working good for me. There's a problem. God's working good for me. He's going to give me the good to overcome this bad. Remember, we live in a fallen world. You cannot get away from that. Things are not supposed to deteriorate in the kingdom of God. There are no repairmen in heaven. I've been fighting with a, a toilet float. Pretty sure those things are the devil. And this thing, this thing, I mean, this thing is this thing is demonic, you know. I can't quit it, get it to quit. Leaking, you know, no matter how much the pressure, you know, and it's not that I have too much pressure on the line, just that my something's eating the valves out of the sorry, or I'm buying the cheapies or doing something wrong, okay? Every couple of months, toilet keeps leaking. Y'all are all shaking your head, y'all see, uh-huh, you know what we're talking about. So my solution was the other day, I was going to drill a hole through the top of the, of the uh, lid and just put a string down there that I could tighten, you know, put a stick maybe in it and twist it. My wife, she wasn't going for this. I had this all invented. I said, we'll just tighten the thing down there. And you just flush the toilet and let it fill up and then get in there and just tighten that thing up and just pull as hard as you can on that thing. We'll shut that thing off. She wasn't for that. But what I'm saying to you is I wish I didn't have to. I, nothing makes me more irritating than working on a toilet. But I live in a fallen world. I have lime in my water. It's hard water. It, it cuts through the seals. It's just not... You know, there's no other way, and you can go and you can get you the the the, you know, the what do you call them? The the the, the not the purifiers, the water softeners. You can do all this stuff to try to treat your water, make all this work, and it's going to be better and whatever like that. It's still going to be a problem. We live in a fallen world. It's not perfect. Those things are going to happen. But what I want us to get to be is where we build our foundations of our faith so strong is that when we see God's word and we take God's word, it is the truth and we will not be moved off of it. And for us to be moved off of it, we would feel like we're sinning. Because that's truly what's on the inside of you is faith that tells you that's sin. Amen. So everybody say, God's working good for me. Look at the person beside you and say, God's working good for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. We all got some work to do, right? We all got some work to do. Well, let's take up our offering. And now, ladies, don't forget, tomorrow night's the ornament party, the girls, God's girls, over at the Fellowship Hall, 6 o'clock. 
Right, Trey? Six? Six o'clock? Now y'all are saying 530? I'll tell my wife that it's 530. She got home at noon today, but she flew eight hours with no sleep on the plane, so uh, she flew all night. And uh, I said, sweetheart, you deserve to stay home. <laughs> so when I left, she was crashed on the couch. So, praise God. So it is 5.30. Y'all are sure? Invitations are sent out for 5.30? Patty says yes. Okay, it's 5.30. Then I'll tell my wife, make sure she's there at 5.30, not 6. Oh, the food's at 6. You're eating at 6. Be there at 5.30 and start fellowshipping. Okay. So nobody gets to eat before 6. Put that video on one more time. I just got to see that video one more time. I just, I just love it. Somebody bless your offering. Bill can start taking a bar from and watch his video again. Look at that thing. Somebody gave him a drone. That's how they're getting these pictures taken. But look at that thing sitting up there on the top of the hill. Like I said, the picture, for some reason, looks a little bit distorted here because the church is really wider than it looks like a deal, but it's a little bit different looking. I don't know why it comes out a little different on the, the video there. But Yeah, if you, if you go... Because I don't know if it's on, uh, do y'all get Ivan's newsletter? It's, is that the one you're talking about, on the newsletter? Yeah, on the email newsletter that came out? Yeah, you get to click on there? Yeah, that is a great one because it shows all the shows everything they've done, uh, all the widows, it shows orphans and everything. So if you get that, go look at it, What Matters Ministries newsletter. That one's cool. But yeah, it looks great, so praise God. Well, put your hand on your offering. Father, I just declare in Jesus' name. I thank you that we are the most blessed people on the face of the earth. Lord, I, I thank you that you have goodness for each and every one of us, that this is the day that the Lord has made, and so we're going to rejoice and be glad that we're saved and in it, and Lord, you are on our side. I declare, Lord, that everybody's finances are blessed. I declare that we prosper, that we go up, we do not go down. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath, Lord God. We are blessed, blessed, blessed. And Lord, I give you praise for it, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Yeah, go check that newsletter thing out because it showed all the widows, showed the widows' houses. It showed a whole bunch of different things. That is a big deal. Thousands and thousands of people are going to be saved. I really believe with all of my heart that that church is going to be a place that people are going to come from around the world to see, that it's going to be a miracle that, the, that as the kids are, are, are running the church and doing everything in the church and, and preaching, and I mean, we've got some kids that can throw down and preach, that there are people are going to come from around the world to see the anointing of God that's going on and what, what miracles and signs and wonders are taking place in that church, and it's going to be unbelievable. Amen? And y'all are apart. Stand up, grab somebody's hand. Say, way to go. So, Lord, I declare as we leave this building tonight, as we go out into the world, Lord, we don't leave you. I'm glad you're with us. I'm glad you're with us everywhere we go. And I just declare, Lord, that this week when we, people we see, we're going to tell them the good news that Jesus, your Lord. We're going to tell them all the great things that God does for us, that, Lord, that they can have the same thing, the same opportunities. And, Lord, we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. 
I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.